The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. Hi, this is Melvin. I'm a wizard. And I cast spells. Colvic Darkseed. I am a half-orc cleric, and I have devoted my life to the goddess Hyaea. I'm Roscoe Toscobble. I'm a rogue. And pretty cool guy. Previously on the Very Good Adventuring Team. You guys want to just hang out for one more day then? Yeah, hopefully no more. We're going to keep healing this guy and casting gaze on him (laughs) until he fucking goes home. So nice. You decide how you want to play this out, DM. Kolvik, what's happening over in your end of the camp? I'm just helping around, uh, talking to Wacktug about where he's been a little bit more, just catching up and feeling good with my peeps around here. She puts the uh, the box on the table in the midst of all of you, and she says, This is a book! She sets down the jar next. This glue creates a bond that only great magic can break. This time, his will is weak. He knows that he's just going to get this treatment again the next time, and he decides that if anything, he'd like to see his family one more time before he dies. I mean, I'm not looking for explicit detail, but like... It's nighttime. First, let's round up all the children. (laughs) (laughs) They just all kind of stand where they are and turn and look at you guys. They don't do anything else. They just literally stop and stare at you. Yeah, what did you think? I was going to make it easy for you to butcher a tribe of people? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little (laughs) bit better than that. You're going to shoot the nearest kid? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Maybe it'll provoke everybody else into okay. some kind well. of action. Uh, but you can feel that there is a sense of gratitude from these people. Um, they know that you went and took care of business, and they know that, if at least only along this stretch of the road, their lives are safer because of it. Did it really roll up? Great. Yeah. You piece of shit. Moves up to Kolvik. I'm gonna go ahead and do a shield of faith on Melvin. I feel he'll probably have the lowest AC here. Thank you. Just because they toss in a whole bunch of things. And then I'm also going to... Just kind of looking at the train here. Shield of Faith is concentration and a bonus action, right? Bonus action, possibly one of the I... Thank you, yes it is. A bonus action. But with that, I'm also going to duck behind a rock right above Melvin. Looks like near the stream. Is this stream deep? Nope, you can stand in it. It's about knee-deep at this point, not flowing very quickly. All right, wonderful. Go ahead and do just that. We try to dodge any um, incoming rocks coming our way. Okay. So, Roscoe and Kolvik, the two of you are behind a rock. All of you are, I don't know, I'd say, what, between 40 and 60 feet away from these antagonists. 
For the ones that that rock can be kind of like drawn a line to the character, you'll get half cover. Gentag, however, is on the east side of the map and would have a clear shot at either of you. Any other actions on your turn? Um, nope. All right, Gentag is up. Gentag is going to... Gentag is going to hurl a rock and is going to hurl that rock at Melvin. Uh, with a 27, that looks like that's going to hit. I'm going to take advantage of one of my abilities, the illusory self, to dodge this attack. Excellent. That's an automatic success, if I recall, because you have not gone yet this turn. So that's an automatic success. Nice work. Effen is the next one to go. Effen is going to... Effen is also going to hurl a rock, and that rock is going to be hurled at... Kolvik. Uh-oh. From where you stand, that attack is going to be rolled uh, against half cover, which... One second here. I'm just going to double-check this. I think it adds two to your AC. I think I'd have some of these fucking rules memorized by now. Can't wait to shove two giants up another giant's butt. <laughs> or a boat. Half cover is a plus two bonus to AC. A rock is hurled. A rock is hurled? Hurled, I think, is the actual word there. A rock is hurled by Effen. That is going to be 12, and I suspect that's going to be a miss. That is going to be a miss. All right, we move down to Kytus. Kytus is going to make a decision on what to do. Kytus is going to come charging forward. Kytus has a movement speed of 30. Uh, Kytus makes it about half the distance and then will huck a rock. That rock is going to be hucked at Melvin again. Melvin, a 24 looks like it's going to hit your AC. Melvin, that's going to be 26 bludgeoning damage from what? this big-ass rock. Like, ow, man. Yeah. But it is now your turn, Melvin. I guess it sucked diddly hook. <laughs> uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to cast... Lightning at Kytus. Lightning it up. <laughs> Cyclops are stupid looking. Did you like that? I was looking around and I found a bunch of like more realistic ones and like other cooler art. And then I found this and was like, <laughs> fucking <Yep>. derpy ass. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's going to be a dexterity save for Kytus. Kytus fails that dexterity save and therefore takes 23 points of lightning damage. Very nice. All right. Movement or anything else? Yeah. What kind of cover do I have here towards the east? I make it to a... Are these rocks? Does this cover? Where uh, do I go? You're moving Kolvik there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. So I want to be... If you move to like there... You could make it to there, and I'm going to say, based on the rock formations and whatnot around you, that you would have probably full cover from Genteg and three-quarters cover from the other two. Very good. That's what I'll do. All right. Roscoe, it's back to you. I'll take a shot at Kytus. My bow. 16. 16 is more than enough to hit. 13. Uh, aren't you in a sneak attack because you were hit? Uh, I wasn't sure if I was hitting because it's off. Yeah, I mean, you can duck down and... That's a little I guess you didn't say that you were hitting, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to say hide. Because right. you get that as a free action anyway. You would know better. Well, 13 plus... 13 plus 17, 30. That's hit. Staying where you are? 
Um, I'll hide back behind this rock. Coolio. Kolvik, over to you. All right. In front of Kytus, I am going to go ahead and put a Guardian of Faith, and I believe I want him in the form of Odysseus. Oh. In front of Kytus. Getting all mythological and shit. Mm-hmm. And so if he moves into the Spear of Odysseus, he will take 20 damage. Uh, let's do a big ol'... You want to put him in front of that, so let's just say that yellow box is the range at which it will be activated. Perfect. And that'll do, Guardian Faith does up to 60 before it goes up away? Up to 60, yep. 20 if he moves. And every sequence. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Eh. Why can't I select you? That box is actually slightly bigger than that, but I'll, I'll remember. Why can't I select you? Alright, Guardian of Faith is cast. Is Guardian of Faith a concentration spell? It is not. It is not. Excellent. Genteg can see only Kolvik, really, at this point. And is going to throw another rock. Kablam. That's going to be a 15, and you do have half cover, so still plus two on your AC. Still going to be a miss. Still going to be a miss. Effen is going to also throw a rock. FNA Cotton. FNA. And Effen's gonna get a 14 against you there, Colvix. So that's also a miss. Also a miss. Kytus. Kytus is gonna continue barreling forward. And let's get him to about here. Gets into the range of your guardian of faith. Hmm? Takes that 20 damage as an attack right off the bat. He does get a dexterity save. Oh, 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 oh. Let me do the dex save. Fails with a five. Okay. Takes the 20 damage. I always forget. Guardian of Faith will just keep attacking somebody that's that has come into range, or it's just as they move? I believe it's just as they move. I'll, uh... Fire that feels down. weird. I'm gonna just have him keep on attacking, because he's... Well, if he stays in that mm-hmm. spot. Kytus has one gigantic leg in the stream and one up on this boulder, and is gonna take two great club swings at you, Kolvik. Oh, no. The first one is a 15. That looks like a miss. Yep. Second one is a 26, though. That's probably going to hit you. Uh, that is a hit. That is going to be 22 bludgeoning damage as this giant great club smashes down upon the Yikes. And Melvin, it is over to you. I'm going to cast Phantasmal Killer at Kytus. Okay. At the fifth level. Damn. You tap into the nightmares of a creature you can see within range and create an illusory manifestation of its deepest fears, visible only to that creature. Targus must make a wisdom saving throw, which I will do. That's a nine. Looks like a failure. On a failed save, the target becomes frightened for the duration. At the end of each of the target's turns before the spell ends, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 4d10 psychic damage. And it lasts up to a minute, and that is concentration. And because I cast it at uh, fifth level, it would be a 5d10 damage. Oh, hot damn. What do you think is uh, the, the stuff of nightmares for uh, for a cyclops? I think a bunch of small pebbles flying at its eye. <laughs> or having two eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like your cyclops voice. <laughs> is that Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, it sounded like uh, like you know the stupid guy in King of the Hill, but like is that the racetrack and shit? 
No. Did you watch much King of the Hill? Oh. Wait, are we talking... Is this the same guy, like one of the four, Bill? No. It's, uh... I don't is know. Is it like a... Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, just a bigger guy and kind of like a... Mm -hmm. He has a, like a cut-on gray, denim, cut yeah. denim shirt on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> gray denim. <laughs> oh, man, anybody with a cut-off denim shirt. Yep. Well, all right. Uh, so you continue concentrating on Phantasmal Killer at the end of Kytus's turns. Uh, we'll be frightened. I'm just going to double-check on what frightened means real quick. A frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is within line of sight. And the creature can't willingly move closer. So it won't run away, but it can't willingly move closer. All right. All right. So Phantasmal Killer is in place. Roscoe, it is over to you. You are hidden at this point to Genteg and Effen. But Kytus is, like, looming over you now. So you can still attack Kytus, but you won't have sneak attack. Uh, I will, though, because it's been five feet of Kolvik. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. So I'm going to pop out and hit him with my daggers with a sneak attack. Diggity daggers. Uh, 15. 15 is a hit. And 12. Uh, 12 is going to be a miss. All right. So on the first dagger. That's a 10 damage plus the sneak attack. 21 with the sneak attack, so 31 total damage. 31, you have moved Kytus well into the bloodied territory. And I would hide back behind my rock. Hiding again. Kolvik, it is now over to you. Alright, would it take uh, any... Would it slow us down any if we moved across this terrain? Are there any hills or... So that here? sort of central corridor where the stream and the little clearing on both sides uh -huh. is, you can move through that freely. If you wanted to climb up the sides of this canyon that you're in, it would take a little more. It would, be, it would reduce your movement speed to half for okay. the squares that you're going over. I'm going to try to finish Kytus off here with a... Sorry, it just went innuendo in my head. Kind of shot fight us. I'm just going to try and finish him off. With inflict wound. Do that. Finish him off with inflict wounds. Yes. Ten, unfortunately, is going to be a miss. Mm. Alright, that's it for your turn. Yep, I'm going to stay put so Roscoe can have some, uh, Hopefully I have some sneak attack. Excellent. Over to Genteg. Genteg is going to... He's going to come down from the mountain this time. He's going to move about... Something like an avalanche coming down the mountain. I love that song. Going to make it to about... There. Which means a dexterity save from the Guardian. An 8 is going to be a failed save, so right off the bat, Genteg's taking 20 damage. So there's one more of those left, basically. One more attack from yes. the, the Guardian of Faith. Guardian. Uh, and from that position, let's see here. Can make another rock attack, but is going to do it, I'm going to say at disadvantage, because it's trying to throw it around Kytus. Uh, but that's still a 20. Uh, do remember, though, you've got half cover, Kolvik. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 20, and it's your AC plus With 2. 22. Yep, so that will miss. That will miss. All right. Getting over to Effen. Effen's got to make a decision, and that decision is to stay where he Effen is. But throwing another rock at Kolvik. You're just getting uh, you're getting just beat up here, Kolvik, because, well, nobody else visible. But an 18 is going to be a miss, yeah, right? They're trying to beat me up, but it just is not happening. Rox is just sailing over you. 
Titus is going to make an attack on... Let's actually split this 50-50 between Kolvik and Roscoe. Uh, is going to be attacking Kolvik. Hmm? And that's going to be two big ol' swings with that there great club. Ooh. Does he have, in, does he have Melvin's spell on him still? He does, so cannot cannot move closer to Melvin. Okay. Does he take that back of damage every time? Uh, that'll be at the end of the turn. Oh, I see. Yeah, I probably shouldn't move out of that. Didn't think about that. That's all right. Kytus, 18 on the first. No, nope, that was just the first great club, and that hit with 28. The second one is going to be a 12, which will miss. So just the 28. That'll be 20 bludgeoning damage for you, Kolvik. These things are huge, by the way. Like, yeah. really, really massive. And it's taking up four squares, where you guys only take up one. Uh, and now over to that Pentasmal Killer. And I forget, is there a save before that? Yeah. So Wisdom Saving Throw. That's going to be a six. So is going to take 5d10 worth of Phantasmal Killer damage. Go ahead and roll that oh, up for fantastic. me there, Melvin. 5d10. I rolled 16. 16 is not super. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is enough to get uh, all the way down into the bloodied territory. Two ones oh, and two twos. Yeah. That is the enough to get down to the wrecked territory, but is not enough to kill. But hey, you've got a chance to make up for it, Melvin, because it is back to your turn. Well, seeing as though Kytus and Gentag are pretty close together there, I think I'm going to try to cast Fireball in a manner that can engulf people. Excellent. I will also cast that up. And here, level five. A grand total on a failed save of 30 damage, so let's see how they do. Uh, that's going to be a failed save for Kytus, and that's going to be a failed save for Gentag. So both of them are going to take the full 30 damage. That is enough to destroy Kytus. Who, in a burning, smoking, phantasmal feared heap, rolls over into the stream. And 30 damage for Gentag. Not enough to get to the bloody territory, though. That's it for me. I'm going to stay in my spot. All right. Roscoe, over to you. You are hidden from both of the remaining two uh, Cyclops. Cy the fuck is the plural of Cyclops? Is it just Cyclops? Cyclops. <laughs> Cycli? Cycli? Cycli. I like Cycli the most. Alright, I'll pop out from hiding and shoot at Gentag. Shot to Gentag. 27 is... <laughs> God damn it, I keep creating... 27. 27 is definitely going to be a hit. For 12 and... 16. It's actually 14 and 16, so that'll be another 30. Yeah, you keep I forgetting your two force do damage. It. Alright, that does get Gentag into the bloodied territory. You're going to go back to hiding? Yes, sorry. Kolvik. I'm going to go ahead and cast Cure on myself. Um, cure Wounds. That is so, a, looks like a total of 21. Movement okay. or anything else okay. on your turn. Nope, I'm going to stick where I'm at. I, Gentag is going to close the remaining gap between you. In doing so, is going to take the final 20 damage from that Phantasmal Killer upon a failure of the save. And that's an 8, so that is a failure. And I was really hoping to actually threaten you guys for once with some combat, but... Uh, <laughs> these are dealing with these guys pretty well. 
so Gentek has taken that 20 and will then proceed to take two great club swings at Kolvik. Both uh, of them missing. 17 and a 12 are both going to miss. What a bunch of crap for these <laughs> cy Cycli. Cycli. Cyclopsies. I like Cycli. Cycli is pretty good. Uh, that'll end Gentek's turn. Effen has had enough of this missing with rocks shit and is going to charge on down the mountain. What is that? That's 35 feet. Is able to close the entire distance between where it was standing and where Roscoe is by dashing, and thus does not have enough left on its turn to actually make an attack. Right. Um, Did he run through that Guardian of Faith? Guardian of Faith is gone oh, because it took all gone. three okay. of its attacks. And Melvin, that brings it back over to you. <sighs> this is a sticky situation here. <laughs> Blew both of your level five spells already. Yeah, it did. Actually, do you get more than two? Kolvik gets two. I don't know. I shouldn't have. Oh, okay. I just, I've blown both of mine. I just have two so far. All right. Oh. Um, I'm going to try to cast blindness. And oh, insult to injury. Blindness <laughs> on the one-eyed dudes. <laughs> yep. And when I cast this with a spell slot of third or higher, I'll cast this at... A level three. I'll cast this as a level three spell and try to capture both of them if I can. Well, no wonder why they weren't hitting us with those rocks. They have terrible perception. That perception. That'll be a constitution saving throw. Guess these guys are probably pretty high in constitution, huh? These guys are constituted as fuck. So let's roll for Genteg first. Uh, Genteg actually fails with a 14. And then Effen. Effin has a 15. Your DC is... 16. 16, so they are both blind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Odysseus! My eye! No, my eye! Nobody did this! Come back, nobody! After two successful blindnessings, <laughs> anything else you want to do on your turn? Uh, no. Done enough. Excellent. That takes it back to Roscoe. You have two blinded foes they have. You have advantage on attack rolls against them. I'm going to pop out of hiding. I'm <laughs> hiding. Everywhere is hiding. <laughs> and I'm going to stab the Gentag, the orange one. Gentag. In his eye. That's a 13. Oh, I have advantage, so it's a 29. 29 means a critical hit. Go ahead and roll your damage on your main hand dagger with your sneak attack. So that's the 13 plus, so, so you did 19 and then add the sneak attack. So 19 more. 19 and 19 is a grand total of 38 damage, which happens to be precisely enough to kill Genteg. Nice. Another gigantic cyclopean body crashes down into the river and you still have your offhand attack. I'll use that on my next door neighbor here. 14. 14 is enough to hit exactly. Go ahead and roll your damage. Six. It's just got such a womp womp feel after. <laughs> after, what, 38? My first attack. Like two identical daggers, and the first one like a nuclear explosion, <laughs> and the second one's a pinprick. But hey, you still kill the dude. <laughs> Roscoe, that'll end your turn unless you want to move. Um, no, I'm good. Have fun. 
Nice. Kolvik, that brings it over to you. I'm just going to run around behind this guy while he can't see. Gain a little advantage. Gain a little advantage. And just hit him with the old Warhammer. I haven't done that in a while. Boring old Warhammer God, attack. So lame. Can be a critical. And then for 18 damage. 18 damage. 18 effing damage. Uh huh. Very nice. Do you get two attacks? Uh, if I got critical, maybe. No, but I mean, normal, like, I think normally, you... No, no, I just do a double hand. No, I thought you got that as an ability. I mean, it's been a while since we've done combat, but I thought... Maybe I'm just misthinking of that. That's like a fighter thing, maybe? Nope, never mind. Yeah. The other... A lot of the other fighter classes get extra attack, but... Not this guy. Alright, moving over to Effen. Effen, Effen. At the end of each of its turns, it can make another constitution saving throw. So that's got to start its turn. Uh, it is going to make a wild swing, which will go towards Roscoe. It is doing that wild swing with disadvantage. That is definitely going to be a miss at 12, right? Yep. Swing and a miss, and then a second swing. Uh, that's actually going to be 20, so I think the second one's going to hit. That hits me. That is going to be 26 damage <coughs> for you, Roscoe. Ouch. Good thing he didn't hit twice. And Melvin, it'll bring it back to you. Oh, shit. And I'm sorry, wait. One more thing. Constitution saving throw is a failure. Still blind. Well, um, I think I'm going to get next to Effen. And I'm going to put my immovable rod, like, right behind his legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Activating it takes an action. You going to try and, like, tabletop him on the next turn or something? or I don't know. Team, I'm hoping he just tries to move and falls over <laughs> it. But, hey, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, Roscoe, that'll bring it back to you. All righty. We still have advantage? Still have advantage. He's still blind. All right. I'm going to take aim with my short bow and try to hit him in a stupid blind eye. See if we can make the shit permanent. This is a 31. That is a critical 31. 14 plus 15 or 29. Oh, plus four more for 33. 33 whole damage. That is a hell of a hit. Not quite into the bloodied territory, but a damn solid shot. Kolvik, over to you. I would like to grab rope out of my pocket, make a lasso, and try to put it over him so I can tug him over that immovable rod oh, behind nice. him. Uh, are you going to move to behind him to do that? Oh, I thought I was. I will move slightly to the right of me so I'll be directly behind Evan. Okay, perfect. Um, let's have you do this as... Let's have you do this as... How about athletics? Athletic. Rope swing and lasso and sounds like athletics to me. That's going to be a 20. 20, that's damn solid. You're able to lasso Effen around the neck. Mm -hmm. You give a mighty tug and this blinded Cyclops goes down backwards and is now prone on the ground. Perfect. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love what a comedic effect it is to just turn an icon on its side. Just 90 degrees ensues hilarity. It seems like so mighty Python, especially with this character, just move him sideways. <laughs> Alright, Effin is... Oh, I'm sorry, did you want to do anything else on your turn or attempt anything else? Um, I would like to stand on top of Effin. You have the movement speed to do that. All right. Both move, Cotton. Standing upon Effen, it now rolls over to Effen's turn. Effen is going to... Oh, Effen's going to try and knock you off with that great club. <laughs> I'm going to say because of the prone position and all the rest, it's only going to get to make one attack. Is he going to try to, like, try to slam it towards his own face, or...? Oh, no. He's, he's got, like, the club in its right arm and is going to, like, try and swing and, like... Above him. Like, T-ball you off of him. <laughs> uh, that is going to be a 14. You successfully hop over that club as it swings <laughs> past you. And he hits himself in the balls. <laughs> no. Uh, he's blind and not completely stupid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, and that's going to bring it right on back to Melvin. Combat moves real quick when there's not a lot of people around. <laughs> um, I don't know what the hell to do with this stupid idiot. <laughs> I would just give it to you guys and let you walk it in, but uh, he's still got a fair amount of hit points left. Put you, your movable rod on top of it. I'm just going to go up and cast Lightning Bolt like directly into his crotch. <laughs> 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 well, hello, VGAT fans. Welcome to this year mid-roll. I don't have anything exciting to report other than another pretty great week on downloads for us. Thanks to everyone who's been telling their friends about us and sharing the podcast. I'm looking at you especially, California. Pretty soon you'll rival our home state of Minnesota for downloads. I'm also grateful for all of our fans in Australia. I have no idea how you folks found out about us on the other side of the world, but it makes me really happy that you're our number one download country outside of the U.S. I just realized that we're coming up on 50 whole episodes, which is super amazing. We're also approaching November, which is the one-year anniversary of this here little show. It's almost two years since the idea was born, and I started learning the 10 million things that you need to know to put out a podcast. It also means we're getting close to halfway through what I've roughly mapped out for the story we're trying to tell. It's pretty amazing to have made it this far, and I am really excited to see how the rest of it plays out. We've certainly taken a few unpredictable turns, and if I had to guess, we've got a couple more on the way. We're also about halfway through to the next recap episode. It's always amazing to be reminded of how much stuff we've gone through in between these things. I think we did a much better job in recap number two than in number one, which was super boring. I'd like to spice things up a little further this time if we can, though, and answer any questions you guys may have about the show, the characters, or whatever. You can submit questions over the next few weeks via the contact form on thevget.com or through our subreddit, which is just r slash vget. If we don't get any questions, we'll just roll through like we did last time. But we'll definitely try to answer anything we get. Well, that's all for this week, friends. Let's get back into this shocking story. (laughs) 
Oh no. I mean, that's the most convenient target from where you are. <laughs> uh, this guy's got disadvantage on saving throws because it is blinded. And that's going to be... That's going to be three, which is a distinct failure. The entire 34 lightning damage directly to the taint and crotch. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you would hope that that would be something you would just die from, but Effin is still alive. Let's <laughs> out a tiny fart. And it goes back to Roscoe's turn. I'm assuming you're not going to move or anything else on your turn there. I don't really see a reason to, so yeah, I'm good. Okay. Roscoe? Alright. You're still <clears throat> sneak attack worthy. Yeah, I suppose. I'll do what I can to finish him off. I was trying to think of a kind of cinematic kill. I'm gonna As you fire your bow into the lightning-scorched crotch. <laughs> That's a 24 of my man dagger. Okay. That's definitely a hit. And a 23. <laughs> With my other one. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Alright, so that's 17 traditional damage. And 18 in the sneak attack. That just happens to be the exact number that you need. You guys got two kills on the exact right-on-the-nose number this time. Okay. Tell me a little bit about where these two daggers sink in. Well, nowhere near the crotch. <laughs> uh, into his belly. Belly belly, stabby stabby, 35 damage is enough to lay waste to the last Cyclops ever. Like, you guys just wiped out the species. Really? No, I'm totally kidding. That just, <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know. Guess we didn't ask, but... Are you the last one? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> What's the right answer in this situation? <laughs> You guys are able to destroy all three of these Cyclopean intruders upon your valley walk, and so endeth combat. I'm not even going to ask you guys about resting and whatnot. You have cleared out the area, and, well, everything else in the area was pretty afraid of these cyclops. Cy these cycli. Mm -hmm. So you, you guys can go ahead and just make camp here and take a long rest, because as I'm looking at your hit point values, you guys are pretty fucked up, actually. <laughs> you have a nice peaceful rest by the river. Evening comes and goes. You wake up the next morning and continue your journey. Uh, it's probably like three more days of traveling. The stone walls of the mountains have been kind of climbing and getting a little steeper around you. There's a, a sheer face on either side, so you're enclosed more or less in a canyon now. The river is still there beside you. Eventually the canyon comes to a sharp corner, and as you round that corner, you are faced with beautiful and peaceful sight. The canyon has widened significantly into a fairly large valley clearing. Ahead of you, a waterfall stands nearly a hundred feet tall, crashing down into a large pool that is before you, which is, on the other end, slowly being emptied out by the Brahma River that you've been following this entire time. Looking behind the waterfall, you can see that there is a fairly large cave that looks like you could probably actually even get into. Hint, hint. That was, that was super obvious, I just realized in retrospect <laughs> where you should go next. <laughs> Not that you weren't enclosed by the valley, but... I was going to hope to give you like a moment of confusion on where to go as you came to this dead end, but I think you pretty much know. Yep. Weird. We should keep going. Yeah. Yeah. We really don't need that. I think we're all agreed. Yeah. 
there another way? That damn fucking DM <laughs> failing. <laughs> so you guys, yeah, skirt your way around this big pool and this majestic naturey scene that's around you. It's like a fucking Bob Ross painting. And you make your way into the cave. You're walking, you're walking, you're walking, and you're not quite sure when you feel it, but at some point the air just feels different. You're not sure how or why, but it's just, it's it's like a little almost staticky, electrostatic kind of feel to it. The air feels charged is actually the succinct way to say that. And suddenly ahead of you, as you round another corner in the cave, you see a little bit of light ahead of you. You walk towards the light. And it's not a metaphor for death. You actually come out into what looks like a village by the side of the ocean. <gasps> the sky itself is a, a very crystal clear blue. There is nary a cloud or anything else marring that beautiful sky. And there's a beach that just keeps on going left and right as far as you can see from the vantage point that you're at. You slowly make your way down this like hillside that you found yourselves on where the cave exits. And you make your way towards the, the simple village of, of huts and whatnot. Uh, and you see people living a, a mighty simple life there, doing some fishing, doing some cooking of fish, hunting, gathering, eating coconuts and shit. And as you approach the edge of the village, the old man from the inn that invited Melvin out to this place and told you the way kind of giggles and says, Welcome to Karmuga! What did you say? Karmuga! Welcome to Karmuga! Glad you got here! Karmuga. Why did you name your village that? I didn't name it! Been here since before I was born! <laughs> Come on in! Let's get you settled! Okay. You're the boss. And, uh, and he takes you to uh, takes you to a, a hut that's big enough for probably four people, but just the three of you are in there. And he says... Rest up for the night. Tomorrow we start the Clam Slam! Oh. <laughs> the what? The Clam Slam! Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Clam Slam! <laughs> and with that, with arms waving, he like runs away from the hut where you guys are back to his spot. Like he's flapping in the air. The crazy old coot, like waving his arms around. Wacky waving inflatable arm man. <laughs> yeah, he's a wacky waving inflatable arm man. And uh, and you guys are left there to sort of hang out and enjoy yourselves for the rest of the day. And uh, yeah, there you be. So you guys hang out in this hut for a couple of hours. You know, you're a little beat up from battling these cyclopes and rest yourselves. You find that you are, you find that you are resting very well, very easily. You uh, get yourselves back to a good, healthy state in a short amount of time. There's, there's just something about the pleasant beach air of, uh, of this place that makes you feel comfortable way quick. It's getting to be about dinner time, and an old woman stops by. She knocks on your door, and she lets you know that dinner will be starting soon. Tells you to come on down to the village whenever you're ready. This place, by the way, is a mountainside, which you guys effectively came out of on, uh, on the western side of it. There is a road that goes from that at the northern end going down south. On the eastern side of that, there's like a village of huts. And then a little ways further south of that is the huts where you and presumably the rest of the contestants are staying. 
off in the distance, you see a, a forest of strange and interesting trees that maybe Melvin, I think, would recognize as pog trees. Beyond that, a very large castle. So it's a, it's a very idyllic scene, somewhat Hawaiian. Hmm. A lot of castles on Hawaii, huh? Yeah. Oh, tons of them. Uh, so there you are. You guys have uh, the opportunity to hang out here for a little bit and regroup and get yourselves together, or you can just head straight on down to dinner if you'd like. So I recognize these trees as pog trees, huh? And that means what to me? Just that this is what pogs are made out of. They're sort of like a like a weeping willow-looking tree. I don't know if that's like the official name for those trees I just realized, but... What makes uh, them good for pogs? Well, the long dangling branches of the pog tree are uh, composed of a very, um, it's a dense but springy material, almost like cork, but a little more, uh, I guess I should say, a little less brittle. And it makes the pog bouncing action so much better than it would for other materials. Also, mm -hmm. cardboard hasn't been invented in this world, so, you know, they had to figure out something. I guess they didn't have to figure out something, but they did. <laughs> Is this like the birthplace of Pogs, or what are we looking at here? It might be, might be. So the legend goes. Do I want to collect any of this Pog wood? If you wanted to, you certainly could. I think I will. Go chop down a Pog tree. A whole tree? Seems inefficient. Seems like one branch would get you plenty of Pogs. I don't know. Is, a, is that true? Would one branch get me enough for a lot of Pogs? Yeah, yeah. You'd be able to get quite a few out of a, a single branch. Yeah, I'll and chop. it would take a lot less time than chopping down a whole tree. Okay. Well, I'll take a branch then. All right. You guys stop by, uh, stop by the woods, which aren't terribly far. It's maybe like 200 feet from where your little cabin is, your cabana. And uh, you grab that, maybe stow it back at the hut. No, and actually, actually, I'll put a, I'll grab a couple branches and I'll store it in the portable hole. Hey, there you go. That's using your dipstick. Very nice. Fresh, fresh pog branches. Right on. Anything else you guys want to do before you head on down for dinner? No. We take over that castle. I feel like it's a long ways off. Okay. Probably, probably not in uh, you know the DM's plot that he has laid out for us. <laughs> <laughs> Just a stab. I mean, we'll see where things go. Mm -hmm. You might want to do some other stuff first and then take over the castle, but we'll see. Good luck storming the castle. You know, yeah. Let's have dinner with this old lady. Sounds good. And the other Hogarkins. The what? Pogricans? Pogatins? Okay then. Carubans? Carmugans? Carmugans. Carmugans. Carmugans? Jamaicans. Carmugans. <laughs> do you wanna do it? Do you wanna do it? <laughs> no, I said ooh, you want to do it, as in you want to. Not a question. Everybody wants to. It's it's just a statement. <laughs> All right, so you guys, you guys head over to the village area along the beach in the early evening here. As you arrive, you find there's, you know, there's a little village here, just a simple village of people, and uh, what they have set up for you is a very large table in sort of the central area between all of their shanties. And seated at this bench and table and what have you are the other contestants of the Clam Slam. There's a large open bench that's open, facing you guys, so you all plop down and have a seat. What? It's a large open bench that's open. <laughs> it's a large open bench that's open. Uh, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, it's fine. It, I, I liked it. That's why I was just like, yes, good. To, 
Can anybody participate in the Glam Slam? Is it an opener and an invitational? Uh, it is. It's both. Uh, well, it's. You guys don't really know, I guess, at this point. You you haven't really talked to anybody about the Clam Slam. You just know that there was a crazy old coot at a bar that told you to come here, Melvin. Mm-hmm. And uh, outside of that, you don't really have a lot of facts and detail yet. Thankfully, you're approaching other people you can talk to and ask questions of. I don't want to do that. Do we, we recognize uh, anybody? I don't think you. Well, let's just say you sit down, and I'll walk you through this, and then you'll uh, then you'll know what these people look like, and then you can decide if you recognize anybody. Like if I say that you recognize somebody. All right. Mm. That's a good way to know if we recognize somebody. Mm-hmm. So you take a seat at the bench, and it's like Roscoe on the left, Melvin in the center, Colvick on the right, and Colvick to your right. You see a human man. He's wearing a coolie hat and white robes, which I just learned that a coolie hat is what those, like, pyramid... No, what would you call that? Comes to a point, the rice paddy hats. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yes. The classic Asian stereotype hat. Mm-hmm. So there's a, <laughs> That's a good term. I like that term. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start calling it that. <laughs> Asian stereotype hat. <laughs> Do you sell Asian stereotype hats here? <laughs> God. So there's a human man with a coolie hat on and white robes. His eyes are pure white and seem to have a little sparkle of electricity in them. Going counterclockwise around the table from there, Bulbic, you can see across from you what appears to be a man in a black and blue ninja outfit. He doesn't say a word. He's not eating or drinking. And you can feel what seems like a cold draft of air coming from him. I feel chilly. Next up is another human. And this human's a little weird because half of his head appears to be made of metal, and he has a dark red glowing eye in that metal side of his head. Valuable metal? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe steel, you know. Valuable eye? There's not a ton of it there, but you can maybe make a dagger or something. (laughs) It's a little bit of a premonition there. Like, uh, you'll probably be killing this guy and taking half of his face. That's what I choose, eh? He does also have a, a cool-looking military vest on, but no shirt underneath. You, Next see, his, up, you see his nipples? No, they're covered by the vest. No. Next up is uh, another guy that looks weirdly like the first guy in the ninja outfit, except, mm. I mean, it's like almost identical, but the blue parts of his robe are yellow. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. Like almost in a cheap way of creating another character. Is he real friendly? Uh, no, he's just sitting there. He's he just doesn't want us to get over there. <laughs> <laughs> that took me a second. Yep, a little wait. longer than it should have. Yes. Uh, he's also not eating or drinking. Uh, then you do see, funny enough, a guy that looks vaguely familiar. None of you can really place it, but a guy that looks kind of familiar sitting kind of straight across from Melvin. Middle-aged guy, he's got some gray in his beard and a little twinkle in his eye. Um, he smiles and gives you guys a, a little wave when you guys sit down. Seems kind of friendly. Uh, and then at the very end of the table, next to, I guess that would be to Roscoe's left, is uh, a woman with long blonde hair pulled back into a tight ponytail. She has a very sharp jawline, and she is staring with pure hatred, it would appear, at the guy with the half-metal head. As you guys take a seat, Everybody's kind of eyeballing each other and sizing each other up, and the, and the villagers come by and they start dropping off drinks and food. A lot of clam and clam-based foods at this table. And there you all are. Just kind of slowly chewing at food and checking each other out. 
What would you like to do? Eat a clam. <laughs> That's a good start. It's delicious. Mm. These are the best clams you've ever eaten. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like uh, some clam juice running oh, down your face. Been running in my beard. Yeah. I don't have a beard though, because I'm a half elf. Do they have beards? Can they have beards? Half elves can. We still haven't explained why Melvin, a high elf, which shouldn't be able to grow a beard, has a beard. I forgot that I had a beard. <laughs> I got like clam juice all on my beard. <laughs> are, we, are we gonna discover after all this time you've been wearing a fake beard? <laughs> I just take it off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> while, <laughs> while you eat, you take off your beard and you put it back on when you're done. <laughs> just after, that elastic, you just tuck it under your chin. <laughs> I'm trying to wonder, I look around the room, do I see Sabin here? <clears throat> I'm gonna have you roll a d20. Can you not roll it on my laptop, please? <laughs> Fucking jerk. <laughs> jerk Kolvik. Oh, I like your laptop better. Ten. Uh, with a ten, I'm going to say that you have a sneaking suspicion that the man straight across from Melvin looks like he's related to Sabin or something. You can't quite place what's going on there, but... But yeah, it looks kind of The familiar. problem is that That's... I've never paid attention to Saban. I was always looking at the lackey behind him who always wanted my pants. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, where's that guy? I guess weird Saban's not here, but I miss pants guy. Who's sitting next to me? I don't remember. Uh, the, the woman with the long blonde hair and a ponytail. What's your story, woman? She tears her eyes away from the hateful gaze that she had for that other guy. Uh, and she says, I'm here to play Pogs. And maybe to fuck that guy up. Sure looks like you hate that guy. Yeah, I hate that guy. Why do you hate that guy so much? Killed my parents, and he took my brother. That's reasonable. <laughs> See that asshole over there? He killed my parents. <laughs> <laughs> she gives you a bit of a confused stare and says, didn't, didn't you come here with him? Yeah, he's my friend. <laughs> He didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> you see, enemies can be friends in the end. Makes me think of that uh, Family Guy episode where Stewie is making fun of Brian for his novel. Yeah. Some uh, friends become enemies? Enemies yeah. become friends? <laughs> oh, uh, why did that guy kill your parents? He's a slaver. Yeah. If you're going to fuck that guy up, you could probably count me in. Like, if you need a hand, or if, you know, if he's, he's a dick to me. I could be persuaded. She says, well, good to know that I've got an ally here. She sticks her hand out towards you and says, my name's Sarah. Sarah Knife. <laughs> Fucking nice. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Roscoe. Roscoe Knife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you meet your hand willing over. to take Did your last you name. Sarah Toscobble? <laughs> <laughs> she shakes your hand. I, well, I assume you shake her hand. Mm -hmm. yeah, she shakes your shakes your hand, and she says, well, what brought you here? Uh, my friend over there that killed my parents, he's a pog master. We aim to maybe make a little money, maybe do a little killing, maybe do a little whatever needs doing. So, do we get the sense that this pogs game is violent? Um, I don't think so. I don't think that you've gotten uh, <clears throat> an impression from anywhere at this point. Well, I did just hear Sarah Knife say that she's going to fuck that metal face guy up, so... What is that? I mean, is that like a metaphorically fuck him up in pogs or like? Are you are you asking her a question? Yeah. Hey, Sarah Knife. Uh, when you said you were gonna fuck that 
guy up, did you mean metaphorically, quote unquote, like in pogs or like? <laughs> <laughs> she says, no, I've just been chasing him for years. I, I want to know what happened to my brother and I want revenge for my parents. And well, I knew he was into pogs, so I've been training for years to get better at pogs. And I knew he'd find his way here eventually. So I came here to find him. So did you get and pretty good at pogs? She says, yeah, I'm pretty good at pogs. You know the story on these ninja fox or anything else? He says, no, they've been here for a few days. Like, uh, they don't say anything, so we've just been calling them yellow guy and cold guy. So while, <laughs> while this is all going down, I notice my clams are still a little hot from the boiling, so I just kind of take a clam and put it on cold guy, leave it there, and then put it in my mouth. I'm like, mm, thanks, cold guy. These are really good, huh? <laughs> he, he watches you do that and just doesn't move or make any expression. He's just sitting at the table. <laughs> He's works. now staring at you. But that's about it. Were your clams uh, too hot for you? Or? They were, they were, my clams were a little bit too hot. Too hot and steamy for you? Too a little hot, steamy, so I had to put it on some guy's shoulder. Cool your clams! Cool, I, gotta have, <laughs> I had to cool my clams. <laughs> and then it was all good, and now I'm just staring back at him and realizing what I did. Are you even and next to kinda, cold guy? Yeah, I'm next to cold guy. Well, you're like across from him. Oh, okay. So I reach across the table <laughs> and like put it on his shoulder and then put it in my mouth. And he lets you do that? He, d he doesn't move at all? Mm -hmm. well, Does yeah. he speak? He's just sitting there in stony silence. No, no he's, he's got like a, like a weird mask thing on. Well, I'll brush oh. off his shoulder. Sorry about that, cold guy. And then continue to let my clams cool down. He gives you a, a very slight nod. Like an, like an up-down like acknowledgement nod. You just make a clam friend? <laughs> Weird. What else would I do with the clam slam? Clam buddies. We're so called, so we're called this? clammies. It's cool. <laughs> so what's this Sarah Knife Lady gonna do? Is she gonna like make this guy bet it half his face or something like that? Who knows? Yeah. I mean she she came here to seek this guy out. But you know, she's uh she's not really sharing any extra plans with you. Damn. She's gonna participate in the clam slam tournament. But uh, beyond that, who knows what'll happen. I'm going to stare at this gray beard guy very intently with squinty eyes. Me too. Yeah. And uh, Kovic, you want to stare at him too? No, I'm looking at the <laughs> ceiling, looking at all the artwork. I'm waiting for my clamps to cool. Oh, you guys are outside, by the way. I should have specified that. It's a big open table in an open area. Oh, I'm looking at this guy. Okay. Admiring the scenery around me, looking at the castle. I don't even aware of what's going on at this table. Very oblivious. Uh, so you... So the guy with the beard looks up and notices the two of you staring at him, and he's good. Hey. Hey. He uh, reaches a hand across the table and says, uh, I'm Sabin. Who are you guys? <laughs> Sabin? Yep. Sabin Nickelmoss. Sabin Nickelmoss. You look really familiar. He says, well, I can't say the same. Uh, you guys look like brand new people to me, but hey, I love making friends. You guys here for the tournament, I guess? Yeah. Sabin, where are you from? So I just kind of travel all over. I'm just kind of a traveling Pogs player. You know, I'm, I've been through just about everywhere at this point, so maybe we've met before. You ever been to Andon? Andon. Andon. I feel like I've been through there. Weird. And you guys, just so you guys are aware, like, uh, it's been a long time, so uh, you probably don't remember that the Sabin Nicholmas that you guys know is like 60s, 70s. Like, you probably don't know his exact age, but like, he's an older guy. This guy is not an older guy. He's a middle-aged guy. Huh. I see. Mm-hmm. Yep. My secret, though. <laughs> you don't want to share with the audience? 
in front of him. Hmm. Him. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, are you guys going to respond to the guy that's talking to you, or are you just going to well, stare at him in stony silence? Oh, Saban, how you doing? I'm going to stab been a him. While. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know him. your dad? Uh, he says, yeah. Who is it? Carl. Carl who? Carl Nicholmoss. Not Carl Hungus. Not Carl Hungus. I don't know where you'd get that idea, but nope. No, I know my dad, and he's a pretty nice guy. Who did he name you after? Do you know? Never asked, actually. Goddamn. You know what I think? I think we went back in time. You think so? Yeah. Can I go back in time? Back in time! Can I go back in time? So if I kill Saban now, then he won't be there in the future to defeat me at Pogs. No, he won't. No, let's kill him. Yeah. Right here, right now? Are we having this discussion? Like... No. Should, we, should we kill? No, I guess, I guess not. <laughs> All right, we'll just go on about our business and discuss it later. Okay. But we'll put that in our back pocket, okay? <laughs> We're just spitballing here. <laughs> you guys are mentally spitballing here. You pull out one of those little, like, mead, you know, spiral-bound notebooks mm-hmm. from your shirt pocket and write down, kill Sabin later. <laughs> Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> I think you should, actually. No. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm picturing like the the like the Wonder Years style like monologue over like kill Sabin, and then you stare at it for a minute, and then as you're ready on the question mark, kill Sabin. Debate. <laughs> <laughs> you put two boxes: yes or no. <laughs> Check. Do you want me to kill me? <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, gross. Are we gonna just eat the best for dinner? And like, I'm gonna kind of acknowledge the table. Just look at him. You're acting really weird. Are there, are there any, uh... Is there a... Oh, oh, sorry. And Saban looks over to you and says, I don't believe I know you, young man. Uh, have we met before? Sure, we've met before. Kind of just oblivious that people are trying to be coy, and I'm just kind of straight up, yeah, we've, we've met before. Should tug on his beard. Down at the, the broken egg. Is the Saban we know? Old Saban? Have a beard? Uh, yes. I don't remember how I described him in previous episodes, to be perfectly honest, but, uh, but yeah, he's got a, he's got a beard. Okay. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's just like, I, I'm pretty sure we don't know each other, but, uh, forgive me if I've, uh, forgotten your face, but. What year is it, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> he says, well, that's a, that's a goofy question. It's, uh. The year of our Lord. Do the math real quick. <laughs> <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> They say, I don't know. I don't uh, know what year it is. Yeah, do we know what year it is? Uh, <laughs> so he says that it is 468, and you guys know that it is 498. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I'm going to turn to Sarah Blade. I'm going to turn to Sarah Knife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn to non-copyright infringing Sarah Knife <laughs> and ask her what year it is. Uh, so she's been listening in on this conversation, and, and she's kind of got a frown on her face, and, and she's like, it's 117. Woo! I imagine Metalhead thinks it's also 117. He's right there. You could ask <laughs> hey, him. Hey, Metalhead, what year do you think it is? Oh, it's 117! <laughs> hey, Cold Ninja, what year is it? He just stares at you. Oh, what an asshole. What about Yellow Ninja? It's Yellow tri- Ninja, what year is it? Yellow Ninja does look at you and...
episode 48, Carmuga Arrival, was released on September 16th, 2018. There's no way you're not coming back next week for more. Vegan. 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 The Very Adventuring Team. <laughs> Gonna go ham-dogging tonight.